Welcome to Medicine Wisdom with Lena Franklin. Over the next hour, you are going to go through a journey of transformation and self-realization. Now, here is Lena. Hi, I'm Lena Franklin, modern medicine woman, transpersonal psychotherapist, and founder of the East Institute. Welcome to Medicine Wisdom, a radio talk show that will teach you that to journey inward is your highest calling, that you have the power to heal yourself. Your power and purpose exist within your medicine. Your medicine is the gift your soul came here to share with the world. And I am so deeply honored and excited to share our guests for today, Marianne Williamson, best-selling author, political activist, spiritual thought leader. For over three decades, she has been a leader in the spiritual world and in religious progressive circles, the author of 15 books, four of which have been number one New York Times bestsellers. Marianne is an icon in this country and in the world in terms of spiritual transformation. Uh, Marianne ran for the Democratic uh, nomination for president in 2020, and she has recently announced her candidacy for the 2024 Democratic presidential nomination. One of the things that I so deeply respect about you, Marianne, is how you are so courageously embodying the spiritual work as you challenge the system. So welcome to Medicine Wisdom. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for your kind words. So I just want to share with you just on a personal level, you know, your work has been so incredibly formative for me throughout so many um, transformative chapters of my my own life, my losing my mom at a young age. And, and my mom was actually my first spiritual teacher, a Vietnamese Buddhist woman who taught me meditation. And really through her loss and through my experience of grief, I shifted and through the healing path, really found my path of awakening. And so much of your work has really guided, been a guiding light for me on that journey and throughout different uh, moments. So I really thank you for that. And specifically a return, to, a return to Love, which um, was your very first book uh, published in, in 1992. And I want to dive into this rich conversation today, just sharing a quote from A Return to Love. And then I would love to, to you know, pitch it over to you because I feel like this quote really, it embodies so much of how you're showing up in the world today. So this has been a, a, a powerful a teaching for me on my own path. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. As we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Thank you for that. And my question is, how, do, how does this work? How has it informed your motivation to show up now in the political realm today? Well, you know, it's interesting that that paragraph from A Return to Love has become so famous over the years. It's not a poem from the book. It's not even a separate paragraph from anything else. It's in the, I think, personal power 
work section uh, in Return to Love. And the entire book is my reflections on the principles of the Course in Miracles. So the idea that people are um, enthusiastic about, the idea that we're more afraid of our light than of our darkness is actually just one of the principles from the Course in Miracles. You know, I always say about that paragraph in that book, I say, if you like the paragraph, read the book. There's so many paragraphs in there. Um, right. But it certainly hit a nerve, didn't it? Because it speaks to the resistance that we have, um, the resistance we have to being all that we can be. And, you know, running for president, it's interesting because when I kept my work only within the spiritual field, um, yeah, I got some criticism and blowback from the world. But in general, our world of transformational wisdom, spirituality, et cetera, is its own silo. We sort of keep to ourselves um, it kind of works for us that, you know, we're sort of the women on the, you know, the outskirts of town and so forth. But when you try to bring what we see as the higher transformational wisdom, and as you yourself say, is the highest calling, you know, that what we think and in the inner life is is the level of cause. Everything on the outside is the level of effect. When you try to bring that to the world, um, the blowback um, mm -hmm. It can be quite vicious. You know, you really look back to history and to witch burnings and so many times when there's this misogynistic anger thrown, whether it was medicine, you know, as you talking about, you know, medicine women, I was reading a book, um, I think it was Barbara Ehrenreich wrote it, Barbara Ehrenreich, who wrote, uh, died recently, and we all know her for her writing about workers and workers' rights. But one of her very early books, if not her first one, was about the women who were medicine women who were burned at the stake. And she was talking about how it was the advent of what was really the beginning of modern medicine who felt, and, and the people who were um, part of that, who felt very threatened by the medicine women who knew about herbs and who knew mm -hmm. about all the various ways that one could heal naturally. And even though we're not burning women at the stake, although if you look at certain places in the world, um, very, very awful, horrible, violent um, attacks on women are occurring even as we speak. Even here, although there's not that kind of externalized violence towards women, I'm experiencing it. I, I see the anger of the system towards anybody offering a more expanded view, the need to denigrate, the need to mock, the need to minimize, the need to paint it as something that it's not. And I have to tell you something, often that comes from women, every bit as much as from men. Mm -hmm. So to me, that even though that paragraph, I've always felt, why that paragraph? I think right now that paragraph is speaking to me that um, just keep shining, just keep shining. A friend of mine yeah. said to me at the beginning of my campaign, just keep your eyes on the light of the fire. But a lot of us have to keep our eyes on the light of the fire. And there's another aspect of that too. <clears throat> Whether you're talking about women in ancient times or you're talking about modern feminism, we need sisterhood. And when we see another woman doing that which we feel is an opening of the portal, a bringing of light into darkened places, um, an alternative viewpoint that could really make a difference, it's so important that we stand up for other women who are trying to do that. What I experienced last time, and I'm seeing it this time, not only among women, but among men as well, I, I have to say, this idea that, well, if they're making fun of her and I speak up for her, then they'll make fun of me. 
Everybody's stuck in their own brand protection. So we all have to claim some bigger places within ourselves if we're going to be able to pierce the veil that lies before the possibility of a greater, greater, more sustainable life for humanity on earth. Absolutely. Thank you so much for shedding light on that and really seeing that intersection of the ancient, um, you know, I think about the matriarchal societies, women really being deeply connected to the earth and the medicines of Pachamama, Mother Earth, and and this need to bring this wisdom and healing the sister wound and healing the divine feminine into modern society. I mean, these are the systems that have been created through this hyper-masculine um, collective ego. So how do you feel we do that, especially for those who may be more on that spiritual path? How do we integrate, um, you know, th those teachings, the essential teachings of the divine and of God into truly healing our country and healing the world? Well, the feminization process is a spiritualization process. You know, a lot of people have difficulty with the fact that in both the Christian and the Jewish religions, God is spoken of as he. But actually, God as he is, is no different than yin and yang. If you look at yang as the spirit masculine force, and you look at yin as the feminine earth force. And so to the extent to which God is he, the human heart is she. We are impregnated. You bring it together by allowing spirit to pierce your heart, to, to fill your heart, to impregnate your heart with something more, you know, whether you refer to it as the Christ or any other image, it's that which is fathered by the spirit and mothered by our humanness. And then we become complete people. As you were saying, the world as we know it now, because of its disconnection, certainly in modern Western culture, so disconnected from the earth, disconnected from a sense of higher power, disconnected from our own deep selves and disconnection from each other, leaves us insane Mm -hmm. leaves us in an ultimately meaningless world where we cannot find our place. We don't remember our function. We don't. When you don't remember where you came from, which is someplace beyond this world, then you don't remember what you're doing here. So yes. whether you're finding the answers to those questions within one of the great religious teachings, spiritual teachings, or even from a secular place, I think that is the yearning. Um mm -hmm. That is the hope. That is the inspiration that people are so longing for now. Right. Now, and, we also yeah. know that the lack of that consciousness is literally destroying the outer world. The, the fact that we're treating the earth the way we are, fossil fuel extraction and so forth, all of that's happening because we have lost our sense of sacred connection to the earth and that goes back also to the early modern to the early medicine women the so-called witches the wise women who kept um aloft in villages throughout old europe a sense of sacred connection between the people in the village the people in the community and the trees and the rocks and the sky and the rivers and the waters um there was an early dispensation of Christianity that held, and that I'm not saying that's Christianity now, but the some of the early Christian uh, dispensations at that time, which were offering a different vision, which was the idea that God had given earth to man to use for his own utilitarian purposes. And therefore, we transitioned from the idea of partnership with nature to man having dominion over nature. 
Now, even then, and I think the monochristian religion has obviously recognized this, God told man to be a proper steward of nature. But for a long time, and in many quarters today, even in this country, um, there is this very malevolent idea that earth is just a thing to be used, as opposed to a sacred recognition with gratitude, um, that this is part of God's creation that we should be grateful for, that this is something that we are here for it's it, it's in our hands for safekeeping and then it will belong to our children and our grandchildren and their grandchildren um so it is that internal disconnection with what's important what's true with what's beautiful and what's holy that has is at the cause at the root at the source of all the insanity um that is so threatening literally mm -hmm. to the um to the future of the human race right now absolutely and in that, in that threat and in the insanity, and we see it everywhere, the way that our systems are created, the way that policies are created, how do we reconnect with that essential nature of who we are, that all that is sacred, the interdependence with our soul and our body and this miraculous planet, how, what can we, we do on a day-to-day -day basis? We do it through prayer. We do it through meditation. We do it through forgiveness. We do it through, first of all, I don't know of any serious spiritual or religious practice that does not emphasize the power of the morning. If I didn't do my Course in Miracles lessons in the morning, I don't, I don't think my nervous system would be able to endure the chaos of this moment. And I think that's obvious with when you see the mental, you know, this, the mental health crisis. People are falling apart because if you do not ground yourself you know, in, in that which is higher. And the first thing you do in the morning is you go to the newspaper, you know, digital information and just download the the stress of the world, then good luck at not falling apart before noon. But many people now realize this. It's our meditations, it's our prayers, whatever practice, doing the work of forgiveness, doing the work of atonement, doing the work of trying to be the people that we know God created us to be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what I'm hearing is, is a dedication to that. You know, there's, yeah, there's because a, there's at a discipline this point, to it. Right, exactly. And you know, because at this point, nobody listening to your show, when you say something like, how do we do it? Everybody knows how to do it the, at this point. We've all read the same books. We've all listened to the same tapes. We all get it. The issue is exactly what you just said, the discipline. And, and um, remember the word discipline and the word disciple come from the same root to be mm -hmm. a disciple yes. of that, which is higher. The thinking that dominates this world is based on fear, and it breeds fear, it breeds stress, it breeds stress, it breeds anxiety, it breeds depression. And so dismantling that thought system and standing for love, not only in our personal relationships, but in the world, that is the calling of our time. You were talking about the calling of the inner life, but I don't believe that the calling of the inner life is to just keep it in the inner life. There's a line in The Course in Miracles where it says, the closer you grow to God, the closer you grow to your natural talent at protecting your brothers. When I truly dwell in my inner world, then I connect more deeply to you. Mm -hmm. That's right. And in that, you know, I, I'm feeling a thread also of the balance of the masculine and feminine energies and what you're saying, because disciple, discipline, <clears throat> I mean, that's, that's kind of more of a yang energy, actually. And so it brings me to open up some space to talk about how, kind of going back to that initial teaching we shared, how do we show up in our light, embodying love, 
in a world where there is so much density and so much fear, what is what does that look like in terms of cultivating resiliency, perhaps for you? I mean, you do this every day and, you know, you're, you're at the forefront um, every day and receiving fear-based projections all the time. What is your mode of resiliency building? Well, first of all, as I said, doing for me, I'm a Course in Miracles student, yeah. but the Course has no monopoly on truth. There's no one path. There are universal spiritual themes at the heart of all of them. For me, because I'm a Course in Miracles student, um, that is a very powerful meditative practice for me in the morning. And then there's one. There's a prayer in the Course that says, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? So to say that your day belongs to God, you know, if you look at nature, if you look at the way the planets revolve around the sun, there's some higher power clearly, whatever, na whatever name you give to it, that keeps planets revolving around the sun, that keeps the cells in your body in some level of organization. So some there is some divine intelligence, there is some higher intelligence that is indisputable, regardless whether you see it in in um in spiritual or in secular terms. Now, my faith is that my life is part of that, and that this higher intelligence has a plan, as it were, by which all of us can play our best part, our highest best part in the healing of the world, just like a flower bends towards the sun. So you're not downloaded how the day is going to go, but you were given moment by moment opportunities. So every single moment is an invitation to be the best that we can be, and often also a temptation to be to fall into our ego default positions. Now, first, first of all, it's that. So it's in any given moment. Who are you choosing to be? In any given moment, are you there in kindness? Or are you there in something less than kindness? In every given moment, are you there to show up to give what you might give? Or are you looking to it for what you might get? In any given moment, are you trying to bless the person in front of you? Or are you judging or blaming the person in front of you? That's the discipline, right? Now, when you do shine your light, and you and I have already discussed this here, some people will really appreciate it. And, and some people really won't. So you take the appreciation, the honor, the love, the respect from the world, and you embrace it, and you be grateful for it, and you show those people that you're grateful for it, and you allow it to strengthen you. And then when you get the blowback, when people are lying about you, when people are betraying you, when people are undermining you, there's a lesson in that one as well, not to close your heart, to learn from it. And you begin to feel a kind of mantle of protection. I went through something just the other day, and I realized that I I wasn't brought down by it the way I was when something similar happened before. I mean, I'm human. I felt it. But a lot of what I've been thinking about recently, because I've worked, I've worked on it so much in people's personal lives, including my own during my career in the last 40 years, but also in terms of what I wish to offer as a leader of the country is how do we endure a crisis and how do we transform a crisis? And you endure it by remembering that only love is real. Only love is real. And everything else will right itself. Kind of like when you, when you are in a car and you begin to lose control, we're all taught this when we learn to drive. Don't grab, don't grab the wheel when that's happening. Take your hands off the wheel. It will self-correct. Mm -hmm. Don't lash out. 
Don't do anything stupid. Don't uh, don't react to circumstances that are less than loving in any way that is reactive. Maybe you respond, but you don't react. And in time, the situation will transform. Mm. So the, we we all have in the Course of Miracles it says we all we all have a highly individualized curriculum. The the relationships, the circumstances that give us that opportunity to become better than we have been. And to uh, constantly be challenged by the places in us and in the world that still need healing. And isn't that such a, a law and unfolding of nature moving through us if we're willing to be present to it, right? Yeah. Marianne, I'd love to move into really that intersection of leadership and the way that you've shown up in different chapters of your life in this you know, present moment, it's you know, with the energetic resonance of love and in the leadership um, embodiment, what needs to change in terms of national and global leadership and how, how will that shift in the way that people show up to lead? How will that heal the world? What you and I would call conscious, enlightened leadership, um, while it certainly is on display, both here in this country and around the world, uh, it, it gets a lot of pushback from the dominant e um, economic systems. Uh, certainly, so let's just stay, you know, even talking about it in this country. Over the last 40 to 50 years, we have been dominated by what's called neoliberalism, um, it's an economic system of trickle-down economics. It's basically the idea that short-term profits for huge corporations should be the governing principle um, of our society. Now, that's not the way this country was built. This country was built on the idea that all men are created equal, that God gave all men inalienable rights of life and liberty in the pursuit of happiness. Not that we've ever totally actualized that. No one is saying that we have. But that's the core belief on which we purport to stand. And in the Declaration of Independence, it says that governments are instituted to secure those rights. Now, then later, that was in 1776, during the 1860s at Gettysburg, um, Abraham Lincoln said, he added to those foundational principles saying that ours was to be a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. But because of that economic system that I just mentioned, um, which still dominates our country today, we are not functionally a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. We are a government of the corporations, by the corporations, and for the corporations. It is an amoral economic system, which puts the short-term profit of huge corporations and the moneyed forces that they represent before the health and safety and well-being of the people of this country and the people of this world. So that system is institutionally resistant to what you and I would call, would call enlightened leadership. Right. Um, because enlightened leadership would be saying, no, we need to transform that. That is not good. That is not healthy. That is not true. That is not beautiful. It's destructive of people. It's destructive of animals and it's destructive of the earth. And that's what we, that's, that's the, the turmoil of the moment in which we live. Now, 
that turmoil has always been with us from the beginning of our country. We had 56 signers of that Declaration of Independence, and 41 of them were slave owners. So there has always been this dichotomy in this country. There has always been that struggle inherent in the life of every generation, every generation of adults. And it's simply our turn. Now, in the past, enlightened voices have pushed back. Abolitionists push back against slavery. Uh, women's suffragists push back against the institutionalized oppression of women. The civil rights movement pushed back against um, uh, against segregation. And now it's our turn. And we must, in a nonviolent, peaceful, loving, but very powerful and fierce way, because the divine feminine is fierce, it's our turn to push back. Because right. the, the anytime you have an immoral system, like I've described, it has a... I'm sorry, I take it back. It's not an immoral system. It's an amoral system. But anytime you have an amoral system, it will lead to immoral consequences because there is no one who sees their responsibility, their ethical responsibility to proactively do good by people, animals, and planet before their fiduciary responsibility to the stockholders of huge corporations. Yes, 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 to all of that. And so for... Those tuning in, you know, especially I think about the women that I work with. I work with mostly women um, here at the East Institute in like a three-month intensive plant medicine-based multidisciplinary healing program. And inevitably, what, what I see over and over is this ignited passion and desire to step into this leadership role in their lives, whatever their lives look like, to continue to be conduits of light on this planet. So for, especially when we're talking about, you know, women and, and the divine feminine and that awakening that is so needed to create this energetic balance on this planet, how do, how do we do that on a day-to-day -day basis? What is our responsibility? Well, once again, you pray or meditate in the morning. You realize that everything that is happening that day, you ask, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? You know that every human encounter, nothing's accidental. Am I being the alternative in that encounter at this moment on this day? You seek in whatever area you're in, whatever your job is, whatever your relationships, whatever your family, am I a person who is a space um, of greater possibility for the people around me? Do other people feel called to their greatness? Do other people feel loved? Do other people feel, you know, the Course in Miracles says charity means that you are willing to hold a space for people beyond what they have already achieved. Mm -hmm. So it could be casual encounters. Are you as kind as you could have been? Yeah. And also... You know, I was talking to some, I've noticed that some of the conversations I have in life that teach me the most, um, where I get insight, where I get wisdom, where I get understanding, are in encounters that when I was a younger person, I would not have known to see as important. Uh, yes. But the more we realize that the power of God is within each and every one of us, the more we realize that wh whoever, you know, that namaste consciousness is, you know, the love in me salutes the love in you. To what we salute in people, we call forth in people. That's now, right. all of this is much easier said than done. 
but it is the practice. And when we do that, we attract to us other people who feel the same. Mm-hmm. Completely. I can hear, um, you know, some of my Buddhist teachers would call it an aspirational practice. But every day, you know, we perpetually forget. But in our practice, we um, course correct to remember the essence of who we are. And, you know, um, it is, yeah, it is, it is aspirational. But I think that for me, even though certainly the word aspirational works there, for me, I don't want to let myself off the hook. Right. By saying, oh, I'm aspiring to it. It's too late on the planet for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for a long time I dwelled in, well, you know, I'm not perfect, but, you know, I hell of a lot better than I used to be. We need to all speed it up right now. Urgency we need to all speed right it up now. right now. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, that that comes forth just all day for me, that sense of urgency, that um, yeah. that call. It's like this, this. It's hard to put words to an energy sometimes, but just that that soul calling to show up makes me even emotional in this moment. To show up and to help humanity in this planet. And so I think, thank you for that reminder of the urgency. And and I, I want to really hold space for what that means for humanity and the dying of our beloved planet right now. showing up with urgency. It's showing up with urgency to save our democracy, showing up with urgency to save our planet. It's showing up with urgency to save the 80% of people in this country alone who are living in constant economic struggle and stress. People are falling apart in this country. We are in an endangered moment. And anybody who says, well, there's nothing I can do is in denial about what's happening. I mean, I know for myself, I mean, I'm running for president. If somebody wants to help, one thing they could do is go to my website and give $5. (laughs) You know, this is not a moment when, um, you know, this idea, there's nothing I can do. The ditzy days are over. There's something Mm -hmm. that all of us can do. That's right. And I think, you know, speaking again, and you brought this up earlier to the, especially in the spiritual community, to the truth that we need to show up at, you know, in, in the world you know, not separate from the world because that's just perpetuating the illusion of separation when our truth is interdependence. And whether it's going to your website, you know, remembering to vote, showing up with kindness in the world, even if, you know, you're you're feeling suffering within. I mean, it happens at every moment as a practice. Um, and And thank you because what you're doing by running for president and being in the system in the matrix in a very overt and courageous yeah. way. <laughs> but we have to go there. A, we do have to go there. And I see, yeah. I see you embodying the divine feminine in a place that is you know, one of the most needed places in our system. You know, wherever we happen to be is where we need to be, you know? So Every, and nobody's work is inherently more important than anyone else's. The Course in Miracles says all of the children of God are special and none of the children of God are special. And wherever we are is it. Whoever we're, it, wherever, whoever we're with is it. Whatever the circumstance is it. Because as you've been saying, it's not the outer world and the miasma of the outer world that really expresses the deeper dynamic of the growth of souls and the evolution of the human race. So the universe, you know, 
I, I like to think of the image of the GPS. Humanity has taken a wrong turn, but the universe is like a GPS. It will automatically, it will just recalibrate automatically what the path is. So if each of us, it's really not about figuring out what to do. It's about surrendering ourselves and being available to be the conduit for a higher self in anything that we do. Um, and I, and I, feel it happening, but we're living at a war at a time when it's as though there are two simultaneous worlds. There's one world that's clearly falling apart, but there's another world that is struggling to be born. And what we have to ask ourselves is, am I conspiring even passively today by with the world that's falling apart? And if you are choosing neutrality, then yes, you are conspiring passively with the world that is falling apart. Or am I proactively, proactively taking part in the recreation of the world, in the regeneration of the world, in the repair of the world? It, what will happen is what we choose to happen. Doing nothing at this time is choosing chaos and destruction, but choosing to, in whatever way, calls to us being a positive influence, a positive force. And I do think that that means for those of us who live in advanced democracy, or any democracy, that does mean participating. Because those levers of power, whether they are in support of insurance companies, pharmaceutical companies, big food companies, big agricultural companies, big chemical companies, gun manufacturers, oil companies, or defense contractors, if we do not intervene with the system by which those forces are given so much power, even at the expense of the empowerment of the vast majority of people. This cannot continue without catastrophic consequences, if not for us, then for our children or our grandchildren. That's right. Absolutely. And I really appreciate you pointing out that um, aspect of neutrality, that we're actually enabling that yeah. mal the maladaptive yeah. systems and, and what is harmful and all the catastrophe. Yes. And I think also it, that is also connected, you know, definitely. I so agree with you. None of this like, well, I'm, I'm not trying to hurt anybody. No, that's not enough. Are you trying to help somebody? But also, even when you said earlier, what do we do? We've got to pre stop pretending we don't know what to do. You know, the ditzy, the age of the ditziness is over. On one hand, we say that we're empowered females and we're all of that. And then this, the next sentence we're saying, you know, I, I think that we need to be very fierce with one another. Yeah. We need to stop coddling in ourselves or each other. Um, this acquiescence to, in a way, to the trauma of this moment. Of course, everybody's traumatized. It's a traumatizing moment. Of course, everybody's anxious. It's an anxious-filled moment. You know, when people say, I have an anxiety disorder, who doesn't? And I've been right. saying for years, if you're looking at the world today and you're not depressed, who are you? But when you look at the generations before us, including great women, including great medicine women, including the women of indigenous cultures, the old witches, et cetera, they have endured worse than we're enduring. When you look at what the women are going through in Iran, when you look at what women are going through in Afghanistan, those of us in the West, we need to toughen up now. And we need to, I believe, yes, recognize that these are hurting and hurtful times, but the planet literally will not survive our waiting till it's all perfect before we show up. Right. And I right. think that we've become habituated to, are you okay? When we need to habituate ourselves to what 
fabulous, glorious, important thing are you doing at this moment and how can I help? That's right. You know, it reminds me so much what was coming through is the goddess Kali of destruction. Yeah, absolutely. The fierceness of Kali. Yeah, that's that's the the energy. Yeah, Yeah, the divine feminine. Yeah, absolutely. She's fierce. And when you mess with her babies... She's oh. had enough. And that's that's what we need to embody now of the divine feminine. She doesn't just say, oh, it's a spring equinox. So, you know, we'll chant. Yes, chant and protect right. those children because right. they are at risk. Right. And and that, I mean, that's the, you know, masculine energies embodied within the feminine that are needed so absolutely. desperately right now. So desperately. Absolutely. absolutely. So Marianne. I want to respect your time and I'm I'm so grateful for this conversation and oh, all thank that, you. all that you bring to the world truly. Um my last question is, you know, I know you do a lot of teachings around transform your thoughts, transform the world. And so, you know, we talked about meditation, prayer. Is there anything else that you can share with our listeners around how to continue that path of transforming your thoughts as we create, you know, continue to create a love-based reality, dissolve fear. Every thought is either in the category of love or the category of lovelessness or fear. We've already talked here about how neutrality is is really um, in service to fear, whether we mean it to be or not. And um, I hope that you know, when I think of how this country could change and how this world would change, if American women, women in the Western uh, societies, whether we're American or not, uh, in any advanced democracy, if we rise up at this time, the changes we could make in this world. And uh, for those who feel moved, I hope they will go to my website, marianne2024.com. If you feel that there's something there worth investing in, I hope people will give $5, $10, $25, $50, whatever is right for you. Um, this is an extraordinary opportunity, and I hope people will join with me so that something miraculous can happen. Right. That's right. Is there anything else you want to share that feels at the that, forefront of your heart? Yeah. As that uh, I hope people will. And that I I request um, some help uh, as a sister. Yeah. We can do great things here, uh, but I could really use um, some more sisters at my side. That's right. Yes. We're going to rally the sisters. We're going to rally you. the sisters for you. Thank you so much. Thank you for all that you do and all that you are. Thank you. Yes. God bless you. Thank you so much. Bless you, Marianne. Take good care. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello. And I hope everyone soaked in the wisdom of the incredible Marianne Williamson. And we dove deep into really why we need a new paradigm of leadership in our world and in our country and truly the systems that we see that are perpetuated by fear, by the collective ego, by control, those are a manifestation of the thoughts that we hold collectively, the collective uh, consciousness. And, and this work resides within us. Like we were talking about, you know, your one of your dharmas, one of your soul's purposes is to show up in the world to shine your light. And actually, as you do that, part of the purpose is to ignite and trigger the fear that others carry. And I, I just 
you know, words can't describe the gratitude I have for Marianne's courage to enter specifically into the political realm, which is, of course, very entrenched in in old systems um, and in the world as a divine, fierce, feminine leader. Whether, you know, you are in a specific realm of work, in the business world, in the spiritual world, in the wellness world, um, a mom, a dad, we all have this responsibility. So I'm going to hold some sacred space for for you and really uh, excited to channel a meditation based on the conversation and the teachings that we just dove into with Marianne. So this is about new earth leadership. And so inviting you to get comfortable beginning to breathe into your belly, connecting with the life force of your breath. The moment the air touches the tips of your nostrils, moving down the central channel and into the lower belly. We call this the hara, one of the seats of your intuition. You may notice particular mental energies or emotional energies present here. Using your power, your capacity to direct and sustain your awareness Witness the thoughts flowing through your consciousness and witness the emotional energies that are present for you in your body in this moment. No judgment, full acceptance. Begin to notice the quality of your mind. Whatever you shine your awareness on, whatever you focus on is the reality you're choosing to create in any given moment. So as you breathe down the central channel into the lower belly, the hara, connecting deeply with your inner knowing, your intuition, Invite the energies of peace and harmony to flow through your breath as your breath flows through your body. Inhale, the belly expands, receive the breath that you are worthy to receive the power and the goodness of each and every inhale. As you exhale, let go. 
choose to let go of fear-based thoughts, fear-based energies. Inhale, surrender to receive peace and harmony. Exhale, let go of any thoughts or energies that are not of service to your highest self, to the essence of love that is your true nature, the energy of your soul. With our inner life, we birth, we create our outer world. It begins within, so we can take it without. Each breath based in peace and harmony creates that reality on our planet, here on Pachamama, Mother Earth. And now as you breathe, begin to feel your energy dropping into Mother Earth. Begin to see root systems growing down from your tailbone, down from the soles of your feet, winding and twisting, moving through the layers of this earth, past the rocks, the minerals, the crystals, finally reaching the hot magma center of Pachamama, Mother Earth, using the power of your intention to wrap your energy around her core. And as you inhale, begin to sip in this ruby red electromagnetic energy, sparkling red energy. Moving and winding, twisting, moving through your root system, up, 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 into the base of your spine, up the meridians, the channels of your legs, and see and feel this sparkling ruby red earth energy 
strengthening your foundation, moving through your pelvis, hips, tailbone, lower belly. Exhale, let go of what no longer serves you. Fear, self-doubt, unworthiness, separation. Inhale, receive what you need. And in that receiving, you claim your worthiness to receive that love, the nurturing, the rejuvenation that is your birthright. The same energy of the earth and the cosmos exists within you now, within you always. Feel the body sensations awakening as you receive this nurturing from the earth Earth energy strengthening your sense of safety, stability. This inner foundation where you build your reality within and without based on love, based on connection, compassion, and kindness. That is new earth leadership leading with love from the heart, our portal into the soul. Inhale that earth energy up, up, up the central channel into your own heart space. Your heart space is the embodiment of the heart of humanity, the heart of existence, the heart of creation placing one or both hands over the heart, grounding that earth energy here, gathering this ruby red energy. Exhale your heart energy down into the earth, giving love, compassion, kindness, Love for all beings, for the planet, compassion for the suffering of sentient beings and the planet, kindness for all you touch. And in this moment, initiate your thoughts, words, and actions to flow from the wisdom of your heart and your soul. May this be your sacred vow in this lifetime. I vow to think, 
speak and move from my heart. Allow that to be your mantra. I vow to think, speak, and move from my heart. Hold your heart with loving kindness, riding each and every breath. You are a leader of this new earth. That is our birthright. That is why we came here. That is our gift to the world, the gift of our soul that flows through the heart. Shine your light, beloveds. In the words of Marianne, as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. Your light is a mirror to all you touch. Take a few more deep, slow breaths here. On the next inhale, begin to bring gentle movements to the fingers and toes. Taking some deep clearing breaths to come back fully into your body. And continuing to stay connected to your heart energy, may you move forth on your heroic human journey as a leader of this new earth, moving from the wisdom of your heart. Thank you all so much for joining me in this rich and potent alchemical transformative conversation with the incredible Marianne Williamson and for joining me in meditation. We are here to embrace a new paradigm of leadership and remember transform your thoughts, transform the world. The world needs your medicine, the gifts that only you have. Thank you and have a beautiful week ahead. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Medicine Wisdom with Lena Franklin. We hope today's episode was educational and helpful. Until we talk again next week, have a fabulous week.